What's cracking, everybody? Happy Monday, 3-1-21, 9.35 p.m. in the dorm, Champaign-Urbana. Uh, yeah, I hope everyone had a great weekend. You know, it's always nice to have a weekend, a little break. But, you know, uh, yeah, I want to get into the disclaimer, get right into the action. You know, what happened over the weekend? What happened today? What am I looking for in the week? You know, it's uh, always an exciting time, you know, starting off the month here today. And uh, are we going to end the month in the green or the red? I don't know, man. We're just here to report on the news and tell you what I'm thinking. So, uh, you know, fast forward if you need the disclaimer. Uh, I'm a student. I love the markets. These are my views. I'm not recommending anything. I'm not recommending anything or selling investments. I'm not a financial advisor. Do your own research, okay? All investments are subject to risk, loss, potential profit. And, uh, yeah, I just really like stocks. Don't listen to me. I don't know anything. I'm not a financial advisor. Okay, so let's get into the action. You know, I want to start off with, uh, you know, over the weekend, you know, we got that fat, fat 1.9. Well, we didn't get it yet. We didn't get it yet, but we're going to get it. The 1.9 trillion from uh, Congress. You know, as you saw, the market today, whoo, big day, big day in the green. You know, I think it was mostly just because of the, whole idea we're getting more stimulus people are happy markets going to go up they're going to take that money i think it's like fourteen hundred dollar uh check unemployment going out and then like i know there's a three thousand dollar tax credit for having a child this year so interesting stuff out there getting people excited for sure but uh, what i want to focus on is uh warren buffett you know greatest investor of all time put out his annual letter this year and I read through it, you know, typical stuff, you know, great guy. I mean, I, I love Warren Buffett, you know, I've always looked up to him, but, uh, you know, one thing that I want to talk about is he said, don't bet against America. And I love that, you know, I, I'm, I don't bet against America. I just see the markets how I see them. I think that there's a lot of risk, uh, with how we've been running this country for a while, but by no means, like if anyone can pull through it, like it would be America. But the biggest thing that I thought was interesting is, as I've said many, many times, is the whole market revolves around debt, correct? Correct. Um, and, you know, what are debts? Like, you know, to issue, to issue debt, you got to uh, issue bonds and stuff like that. Uh, well, no, that's how you do it. But uh, basically, this is what I thought was really interesting about what Buffett had to say. And I quote directly from the uh, report or his annual letter. And bonds are not the place to be these days. Can you believe that the income recently available from a 10-year U.S. Treasury bond, the yield was 0.93 at year-end, had fallen 94% from the 15.8% yield available in September 1981. In certain large and important countries such as Germany and Japan, investors can earn a negative return on trillions of dollars of sovereign debt. Fixed income investors worldwide, whether pension funds or insurance companies or retirees, face a bleak future. They face a bleak future. <laughs> That is uh, from the Oracle of Omaha to come out and say that bonds face a bleak future. That is a scary sign for me. I mean, I'm surprised that no one, like not enough people are talking about this. The fact that Warren Buffett is saying bonds face a bleak future, that means he's thinking that something is gonna crazy and happen in this bond market. You know, it's not legit. It's broken, as I've been, as I've been saying. He then goes on to say, some insurers, as well as other bond investors, may try to juice the pathetic returns now by shifting their purchases to obligations backed by shady borrowers. Risky loans, however, are not the answer to inadequate interest rates. So he's basically saying is, you know, since you can't get any yields right now, and like, I mean, people like, I've, I've been listening to podcasts, and I've been watching, you know, Bloomberg Real Yield, and they're pretty much, like, I watched this one guy say that high yield bonds are going to have a great year, and... 
sure, maybe they'll have a great year. But the high-yield bonds are also they're classified as, like, speculative bonds, okay? Junk bonds, okay? They're junk bonds. They have high yields because they're so risky. And, you know, they used to not even allow the general public to buy junk bonds, okay? Like, it was, like, it was like because they'd be too risky for you. Um, and so big, it'd be big institutions buying them. Now you can just go buy an ETF and go buy HYG high-yield junk bonds. So interesting stuff right there. And as Buffett says, as I would say, risky loans are not the answer to inadequate interest rates. You know, we have a structural problem here. And so what, you're not going to want to put your money into these high-yield bonds because they could default on debt service, you know. There, there's massive issues in this bond market, and as I've been saying, and the fact that Buffett sees it too is just crazy to me. And the fact that a lot of people are not really giving it a lot of attention is just blowing my mind. And so, you know, I'll get into some of the bond action later on in the podcast. But uh, you know, I just thought that was something uh, worthy to note. You know, it was on CNBC, it was on Bloomberg. You know, they were reporting Buffett was saying it. But, you know, I didn't really see a lot of managers or anyone come out and say, you know, Buffett's saying this too. Like, we should we should be worried. No, they're not they're not even reporting on it. You know, balls of the wall. Uh, let's just send everything higher. Let, never, never have any economic, never have a little correction or anything. No worries. Everything's uh, perfect. Got the most debt ever. Um, you know, just coming out of pandemic. You know, you're not seeing that big of wage increases at all, anything like that, but everything's fine. So, you know, without further ado, let's get into the market, you know, let's get into the recap of the day. As I said earlier, freaking beautiful gray, beautiful day for the markets. Uh, Dow Jones up 1.95%, S&P up 2.38%, the uh, NASDAQ um, was up 3%. Russell 2K, our small caps up 3.37%. So as you can see, people uh, saw the news of the stimulus and they just put their money into the market. You know, they're pricing in the new stimulus as as a market, someone who follows the market would expect to happen. But, uh, you know, one thing that I thought was interesting to note is that the bond yields today actually rose quite a bit. Um, You know, TLT was down 1.2%. Um, you know, some people buying into the close again, but, uh, yeah, TLT was down 1.2%. So bonds, uh, long-term bond U S treasuries were not having a good day and, you know, the market shook it off and just still rallied despite that. So I think that's something interesting to note. Um, we'll go through some other names too here. Gold, <laughs> just another rough day down 74 bips, you know, not having it there. But uh, you know we don't care. We're, we're, is Buff like is Buffett would what would Buffett do, man? Buffett would hold. He would buy more and hold, and he doesn't care. You know people are fearful about gold. Um, buy when others are fearful. I I, I agree with that quote one hundred percent, especially with gold. And you know people who listen to the podcast and think I have like some weird obsession with gold. Sure, maybe I do. But uh, I mean, just talk to me in five ten years. I mean, I genuinely believe that the price of gold will go. We'll finish the end of the year. We'll be at 25K. Sorry, not 25K. 2,500 for gold. And, you know, five to 10 years, we could be looking at $5,000 gold, especially if uh, the U.S. government, you know, the Federal Reserve, you know, adopts some kind of gold standard to fix this monetary crisis we have. That's a long stretch. I, that's probably never going to happen. But, you know, I think that's a great way to fix uh, the current situation we're in. That's a whole other podcast. Could talk an hour about that. That's besides the point. Let's keep going. Okay. VIX, fear gauge volatility index, great sign for the market. Um, not a good sign if you own the VIX. Uh, down 16.46%. Uh, USO. 
Uh, United States oil fund down 1.72%. Banks uh, up 3%. Technology up 3.22%. You know, banks doing well in those high yields. You know, technology rallying with the NASDAQ. Uh, XLE, which is energy, up 2.6%. You know, if the market's doing well, you know, Tesla's going to be doing way better than it. You know, multiply it by two pretty much. NASDAQ up 2%. Uh, Tesla's up 6.36%. Good day for them. Marijuana up 4%. Corn down 1.25. Soybeans down 66 bips. Wheat down 95 bips. So, you know, ag didn't really have the best day. No worries. Uh, silver down 24 bips. You know, it's pretty similar to gold. It's not down as much. You know, silver's going to have another great year. Uh, you know, I think we'll definitely break the 2011 high, which was 50 bucks. But, uh, you know, we're still at 25, so we got quite a ways to go there. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But, yeah, gold, I mean, the miners, you know, just keep buying them right now. People don't want to touch them. It's just not um, really using intellect. One thing I noticed over over the weekend was that, you know, interest rates, the Fed started raising rates again in 20, the beginning of 2016, I believe. You can fact check me there, but it's around... I think it was at the end of sorry, it was at the end of uh, 2015, December 2015. I'm pretty sure they raised rates. And the market sold off, but you know, if you go look at the bottom of, on the gold price, 2015, you know, we hit like 1146, and then gold rallied to about like 120 dollars in uh, 20 to 2017. Finished the end of 2016, 109 dollars. I mean, still still a solid rally. Like it, the peak in 2016 on gold, like the summer was 126 dollars. So people who say that rates rising is bad for gold, I mean, I just don't think that's a an accurate statement. But you know, you know, think whatever you want. That's just my opinion. That's why you're listening to the podcast. I'm just you know ranting, giving my thoughts. Um, let's see, infrastructure index up 3%. I saw an interesting take on CNBC today. Someone said that the market is going to rally crazy because, you know, they're going to price in that Biden is going to give another stimulus plan. Um, and that's going to be geared towards infrastructure. Um, you know, I think that, that they're going to, there is going to be a push for an infrastructure deal. And that, I mean, if there is, then that could have some great uh, impacts in the market. I mean, I do think a infrastructure deal honestly might already be priced in to like this like pave index you know not i mean it's not really priced in i would say but you know it's had it's had a significant rally so people it's definitely not out of the question but this guy had a had a thesis that the whole market would cause the whole market to rally and i don't think i think that the prospects of getting some uh stimulus for an infrastructure package are gonna be a lot harder to pass than the uh recent stimulus because a lot of people uh, Democrats and uh, Republicans, both uh, some of them and economists saying that this $1.9 trillion stimulus plan is a little too much, a little too expensive. Saw Mr. Wonderful today on CNBC, and we'll get into that. And he was saying that there's no need for this. It's way too expensive. It's going to just cause inflation. Couldn't have said it better myself. But uh, so, yeah, that, those are just my thoughts on the whole PAVE index kind of thing, um, the infrastructure ETF. It's an ETF, not an index. Sorry about that. Um, you know, the ARK ETF, you know, if the NASDAQ was up three, the ARK's going to be up a little bit more, up 4.67%. Great day for Kathy Wood. Um, copper up 2%. Beeston, as always. Just she's, she's, Copper is just never down. Um, but, you know, that's, that just shows you inflation's here. Um, then let's see, cattle. Cattle down 85 bips. You know, I this weekend I was like looking into cattle. I found a nice ETF from Bloomberg uh, tickers cow C O W. 
and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm thinking of taking a position in it. I uh, got to diversify my commodities, and I think that livestock, you know, the price of livestock is just going to skyrocket with inflation, as m- prices for most things will. Um, let's see, down here, Riot Blockchain, freaking beasting today, up 22%, and after hours, up 5%. So, you know, good for good for Riot. You know, people, uh, yeah, I'll get into Bitcoin later in the show, the podcast show, whatever you want to call it. Uh, coffee down 1.47%. MicroStrategy, I always got to talk about it because I just went on and ran on Michael Saylor, up 4%. Um, okay, I'm going to give a little bit of GameStop AMC commentary here just because, like, I, I was watching it during the day. GameStop up 18%. I'm not here to argue, like, talk about the GameStop short squeeze. I have no idea what's happening really with GameStop. I mean, if you look at the volume, the volume today was higher than it normally is. 48.27 mil versus 39.45. So a little bit of action there, like, no biggie. But then we go to AMC here. And AMC... I mean, the average volume on AMC is just always insane. Like, the average volume is 150 mil. So there's some crazy action in there. Volume was at 141.2 today, so a little lower. But, uh, yeah, it was up 14%. And, you know, usually GameStop is up way more than AMC is. So that's something I want to look out for. I also saw on, like, Zax.com, you know, Zach's Investment Research. So it's not just, like, your, like, little Reddit thing. No, it's not news from Reddit, from Zax. And this is, like, a quote directly from the article. Um, Zach said, uh, there was there in the March nineteenth, one hundred thirty dollar calls. Some ha- had some of the highest implied volatility of all equity options today. And if you don't know what implied volatility is, implied volatility shows how much movement the market isn't expecting in the future, and it's basically has to do with options, mar- the options market, and. Options with high levels of implied volatility suggest that investors in the underlying stocks are expecting a big big move in one direction or the other. And so basically, it's like. People either think it's going to have a massive rally or a massive sell-off. I'm not telling you which way it's going to go because I have no idea. I mean, it, it probably it'll go closer to zero. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if I mean, $130 call, you're calling it at – if you're putting, buying a call option, $130, and we're, the stock price of AMC is at 9 bucks. like, is that – I mean, if it's like a call – I mean, yeah, if someone is buying calls, then that means they probably – think the market the stock's gonna go up but i mean i don't really know if they're doing covered calls or you know what, what kind of strategy it is but it has some of the highest implied volatility that is something you should definitely pay attention to so don't buy amc i'm not i'm not i wouldn't yeah i'm not here to tell you to buy stocks or sell stocks because i'm not a financial advisor i don't know anything that's not the show i'm just telling you what i think what i see and uh there just pay attention to amc there's gonna be some action in the next couple of days especially leading up to march 19th March 19th is the day for AMC. GameStop, you know, I think that GameStop was in a cool-off and this would be more attention to AMC just because it had some of the highest implied volatility of all equity options today. That's telling me something. Okay, enough of that. Enough of the meme stocks. They don't deserve my uh, my attention. Well, they kind of do because, uh, you know, as I said last week, if there's uh, insane volatility in AMC and GameStop, then it's going to uh, drag the whole market down. And you saw that last week when they were having a day and the market sold off. Volatility went up 4%. Um, emerging markets up 2.6%. Good to see him performing well. Love emerging markets. Um, and then we got LQD flat. I mean, it opened up down, uh, opened up at 131, uh, 64 and we closed at 132.17. 
So some nice price action there, finishing the pause positive, but I mean, it's only up 10 bips, so really no movement there. If you look at like the last week, it's we're down in the last week, last month, still down from about 136 at the beginning of February, and we're at 132 right now. So bonds still feeling the pain. HYG, don't know, as I said earlier, Buffett said earlier, I don't know why anyone's buying HYG, these junk bonds. They're uh, trash. They're absolutely trash. And, you know, it's just too much risk. It's bad for the financial system. My opinion. My opinion. You know, it's a free market, though. So if you want to buy HYG, go, go right ahead. Um, you know, do whatever you want. <laughs> but I would not be doing that. Um, and they were up 1%. So that's, I mean, I guess that's good to see for the high yield bonds. I don't really know how that's working because the 20, the long term treasury bonds were down today. Um, but nonetheless, you know, weird action in HY, the HYG ETF. You know, I don't really. I always question what's going on here because, you know, the the bond the bond market with ETFs, you know, bonds aren't that liquid, and ETFs are traded every single day. You know, you can't really trade a bond every single day, and so it kind of dis- it's distorts the whole market. And you know, you see these long term treasury bonds actually in- go-, go the yields going up today, and so that you would think that HYG would have- be having a down day, and it wasn't. So that just like confuses me and i know the fed the federal reserve actually buys hyg so this crazy yeah I, I don't really trust the price like i don't really know where it's really at and so i just steer clear of that um yeah as i said earlier like the 10-year treasury we it opened up at like 145 1.45 the low was 1.4 and then we finished and closed at 144 so i mean you would think that they're like hyg would just be flat on the day but no it was up so you know, I don't really know why. You know, there's no there real, the short term yields really no movement there, and um, yeah, that's pretty much the market recap for today. So, one thing that I want to focus on too is I this over the weekend I was looking at the uh, short term bond flows uh, into bond ETFs. I was getting the data from ETF.com, and you know you can go look at the in, inflows for any ETF you want, whether it's spot S and P five hundred, the spy, you know the banks, the XLF, uh, pretty much any ETF. It's on there. You know it's great. It's a great way to see what's going on, what other people are doing, what's going on with the flows. So uh, for the month of February, TLT, the twenty year Treasury bond, uh, was negative one thousand eight hundred eighty seven point four five, and. So, you know, that shows you people are taking their money out. And so I thought that was something interesting to note. So that means that yield, it could distort the whole price of the ETF, distort the whole bond market. Um, and then the short-term uh, bonds, like extreme short-term BlackRock shares, SHV, minus 116.04 on Thursday when we saw that crazy, crazy rise in yields. So, and now what happened that day too, there was no, they, they couldn't catch a bid on the seven year treasury auctions. No one was trying to buy that. You know, a bunch of big banks and institutions had to come and buy because no one else was uh, showing up. So, and you know, as I talked earlier about Mohammed El Arian said, we came close to a market mistake there. So that, that is something to pay attention to. 10 year bonds on Friday, they lost 68 uh, on, yeah, on Friday. And so that shows you that people are just taking their money out of these long-term bonds. Like, they're not trusting it. They think the yields are going to go up. They're very risky. I mean, you know, apparently U.S. Treasury bonds are, like, they're the, they're risk-free. And, um, you know, everyone teaches that. That's how, I mean, I, I learned of Treasury bonds. And, 
I don't know. I just don't know how uh, how safe they are these days. But uh, we'll see. I mean, if like as you saw in March twenty March twenty twenty, like they're like as people were getting nervous about Corona, they put their money into the Treasury bonds. So I just want to uh, update on the bond flows. People are leaving these bond funds, and you know they're probably going to put them in equities. Uh, they're probably rotating and putting them in, in equities. So you could see a rise in equities. But uh, I mean, I think if the bond market cracks, there's ma- major flaws in it right now. And if the, you if the equity market sees that then it could be potential potential hazard for it. And so one thing I just want to note is uh, watch out for the treasury auctions on the 9th. We got the three-year treasury auction, uh, treasury note. And we got the 10-year note on the 10th. And then the 11th, we have the 30-year bond. So, you know, just be beware of those. You know, if you see, you know, you, what if these don't ca- can't catch a bid either? If they can't catch a bid, then we got a serious problem. And we're back where we were last March, okay? Um you know, there was no bid last March, and what happened to stocks? Freaking plummeted like 30%. You know, bonds crashed too, but what happened? Powell just, Powell just turned on the printers. Um, and so, yeah, just be, be wary of that. You know, we still got like 9, 10 days coming up for it, so I just wanted to have that on your guys' radar. You know, be watching the bond market and the, and the way up, uh, and the lead up to it. Be watching the equity markets, because that'll, that'll definitely have an impact on it. Um, I, I also, I watched... Uh, the Federal Reserve, uh, one of is the guy, the president of the Richmond Fed, and he said we'll see price pre- pressure increase over the last ten, uh, twelve over the next twelve months. It'll look a lot higher than normal, and then he said inflation is long term and based on business expectations on inflations, and he said that businesses are not expecting increases in prices, and. So he's saying that they're going to see an increase in prices. He say that he's saying that like you're going to see some inflation over the next 12 months, but it's better than deflation. That's the whole Fed's argument is in a little bit of inflation now shows economic growth. It's better than deflation. All right, cool. But then he goes on to say that businesses are not expecting inflation. They're not pricing it in. They're not like calculating it for the future that the prices are going to increase. You know, I think that's a fundamental problem for businesses. If they're not looking into the future and noticing, seeing that, oh, we're going to have increased costs, you know, they might uh, not be able to turn much as big of a profit because they weren't planning for uh, increased costs. So that's just something to be, that's something I noticed when I, when he was talking really struck to me. But uh, I mean, besides that, like Powell says, you know, inflation, a little bit of inflation here and there is good. Um, so, you know, we're just gonna have to wait till the CPI numbers come out. If you believe in CPI, you know, so a lot of people saying the CPI is pretty inaccurate and doesn't get a good reading on inflation. I don't know how true that is, but, uh, you know, it's been relatively low. And so I'm, we're looking for it. Well, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I mean, I don't want inflation. I don't want inflation. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But, you know, I think we're going to see some inflation. You know, that'll be reflected in QE. Um, sorry. The CPI and, uh, you know, the price of uh, commodities, uh, oil copper i mean you're already seeing it with uh, the copper price as i've talked many times about so this is something that's very noteworthy and uh i mean i i talked on friday about that i thought the fed went in and bought a bunch of uh bonds you know we we will never know and you know maybe we'll find out you know as of today no announcement from them so uh yeah but uh one interesting thing is someone was buying bonds uh, at 11 a.m on monday Royal Bank of Australia, well, I think it was this Australian time, so it happened like Sunday night for us, uh, on Monday said that it intended to buy $4 billion in bonds ra- ranging from November 2024 to May 2028. Then 
The Royal Bank of Australia board meets Tuesday and may consider increasing its $200 billion quantitative easing for, uh, program further to, per, to push down market interest rates and keep the Australian dollar from appreciating too much. <laughs> so, so pretty much, <laughs> the Bank of Australia is going to buy $4 billion in bonds from November 2024 to May 2028. And so, you know, they're doing QE. They're trying to control the long end of the curve. Some crazy stuff going on there. And so I'm just going to give you a little rundown of how their number, their bonds reacted. Okay. So these bonds peaked at two, uh, the 10 year peaked, no, sorry, the 15 year on the 26th of February peaked at, uh, 2.34. Um, and now it's trading at 2.03. So, pretty significant decline there and it's obviously because someone's going in and buying them bonds and it's the royal bank of australia and they're buying australian bonds uh not not u.s bonds and you know sorry and when i say the the price fell it's the yield fell i'm sorry about that the yield fell from 2.3 percent to 2.03 percent so that shows you that the price of the bond is going up um then you got the 10-year peaked at 1.96 now it's trading at 1.67 Five-year peaked at 0.87. Now it's trading. Uh, now the yield is at uh, 0.708. Four-year 0.6. Now 0.49. So you can see the yields have come down a, a decent amount. They've come down a decent amount since they started announced their QE. And you know, if the Royal Bank of Australia is doing it, the Fed is going to do it. Okay. You know. So what? What is this? What does this lead me to think? Possibly TLT trade. Possibly. I mean, I already own some, so I'm not going in and buying more. But, I mean, if you're, if you're betting on the Fed to come in and bail you out and save you, I think that TLT is a nice play for that. But uh, that's just my thoughts. Uh, no financial advice. And, you know, in the short end of the curve, you're not really seeing any action because they're not lowering interest rates because they're already zero. And one thing to notice that, like, even after they've done the, this yield control, like, uh, the yields have still risen a, a crazy amount over the past month. So, I mean, ho- hopefully they'll start coming. I mean, I, not hopefully. I mean, you'll probably see them come down a lot more because, you know, they're doing QE and they're going to vote to do even more QE to, today. And it's probably happening right now as we speak. But, uh, yeah, so, so just some interesting things to note. If the Royal Bank of Australia is doing it, you know, I think you're going to see the whole world just do more QE. You know, starts starts with the U.S. You know, Powell speaks this week, especially if you see the yields keep rising. I mean, clearly, clearly, if they thought that the, the if they had to do some QE, the Bank of Australia, if, you know, maybe they were watching our auction too. They saw that no one could catch a bid. Clearly, they thought that we had to st- they had to step in or some serious financial damage could have happened. You know, if the Fed, if if a central bank is stepping in, you know, things aren't as good as they say. So that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, no need to really dive into that more. And, you know, the last point that I have for this podcast is Bitcoin. The action going on there. I'm going to pull up a live uh, thing of Bitcoin. Bitcoin, we're up 5% right now, trading at uh, 49,120. It's been a run, you know, this weekend. I mean, Bitcoin always seems like it just goes ham on on the weekends. But uh, let's pull up a seven-day here. Yeah, on bottomed out Sunday at 10, 10, 11 o'clock at 43k and now we're at 49 just absolutely insane run for it you know good for all the holder hodlers out there i mean didn't sell like didn't sell at 58k like me but uh no i'm not i'm just kidding uh but uh i mean i i genuinely so i, I i'm gonna i'm gonna start this off by saying i think that bitcoin is going to 75 to 100k 
it's going to 75 to 100k by the end of the year and you know that's that's like you know there's all these youtubers and all these crypto gurus go bless my price target and uh you know i think that it, it, it'll definitely go there and you know my reasoning is is because if bitcoin is the freest uh freest market out there you know there's no regulation at all and so it's basically just supply demand and right now uh there is demand you know some notable news kevin o'leary mr wonderful from shark tank he called at one point called bitcoin a nothing burger made a three percent allocation of bitcoin uh over the weekend it came out and i watched him talk about it and he said his like whole reasoning for it is Canada's offering an ETF with uh, uh, a Bitcoin ETF, and you'll see massive flows into Bitcoin. I think he's right, one hundred percent right on that. Like if that, if the, if the Canada's doing it, it's going to start getting approved in other parts of the world. It's going to come here, um, and so then you're going to see massive inflows into uh, uh, Bitcoin because you know the ETF doesn't have to go out and buy the Bitcoin, and. Uh, you know, he, you know, Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary owns the ETF or has an ETF. And so he's like, I definitely want to make one and buy Bitcoin up. So, you know, that's just going to cause the massive price increase in Bitcoin. You know, you got massive institutional demand out there for it. So the price is just going to go through the roof. Uh, not telling anyone to buy Bitcoin. Do, do, do not get me wrong. Do not go out and buy Bitcoin. I say, I say, if you want to, it's like a casino. If like you want to, you want to go to the casino and just spend all your money. I mean, more power to you, man. You know, that it's honest. That sounds like a great time. Like, honestly, sounds like a great time. And that's what Bitcoin is. Like, it's I, when I had my Coinbase, man, I had so, so much fun with it. But would I do it with my own money now? No, I took my 200% profit and I'm out. Uh, no, so Bitcoin, like, why would I even put the money in there? It's so much volatility risk because I say it's going to go to 75, 100K, these big institutions cash out, and then the price will just go down. To 25k 30k maybe lower than that um so i mean i just think it's too much of a risk no but i think it's so interesting that like kevin o'leary just went from calling it bitcoin and nothing burger to um to wanting to have a bitcoin etf and you know this brings me back to buffett's famous quote be fearful when others are greedy Clearly, he wanted to join. He wanted to get on the Bitcoin train because he knows that it's the freest market out there. He even goes out and he goes, "It's there's no regulation." Of course, I want to be invested in it. Um, and he's right. Like there's no regulation, but everyone wants Bitcoin right now. Everyone wants it. Where's the? I mean, I was just getting into a debate with my friend Colin about this. Like, where is the? Where is the demand for Bitcoin? I mean, not not demand. Sorry, where I don't see any intrinsic value. It's like digital, it's digital fiat in my eyes, in my eyes. And like, I get how, you know, they have it every four years, you know, makes it more scarce, but it's only scarce if there's demand, you know, if there's no demand for Bitcoin, the price can't keep going up. And, you know, Citigroup came out and said this as well, like this weekend, this morning, I read this Bitcoin is at a tipping point. It could become a currency of choice for global trade. So they say that, and then they say this. The cryptocurrency is at the tipping point of the mainstream acceptance or speculative implosion. So they say it's a great choice for global trade. And then they go on to say, oh, wait, but actually it's also it could also just be a speculative implosion. So why is a massive bank going to go in and buy this currency? Why are they telling people, oh, yeah, it might be a thing for global tra trade. They're trying to pump up. the. I mean, I, this is all speculation for me. Like it's like it a little sounds a little conspiratorial. 
But like, why are all these big, big money, big institutions trying to go into Bitcoin now? Because bonds aren't returning anything. Everyone's saying, dump your bonds, go into equities. Oh, wait, some people think there's a stock market bubble. You know, inflation's coming, so it's not going to be good for the market. Okay, then just go in and buy Bitcoin. But what's Bitcoin worth? I mean, it's worth seventy. It's worth forty nine thousand right now. But uh, you know, what happens when the demand dries up? You know, what happens if it gets regulated? Which I think it will. Um, because it's just so speculative, so it's like it's a, it's an it's, a, it's an investment security, not a currency, in my eyes, in probably the SEC's eyes. Um, so, I mean, I'm just saying that like all this uh, all this talk about everyone getting getting into Bitcoin, it's just built on greed. Everyone wants to become a crypto millionaire. You know, there's so many crypto millionaires over the past year. You know, everyone's like, especially my generation, you know, you even see an older people, they want to hop in. They want to join the bubble. Everyone wants to get into the party. But what happens when the demand dries up, people start taking profits. Something to think about. Something to think about. You know, I mean, you know, and is, Buffett says, be fearful when others are greedy. But the whole, the, the whole like flip side of that is like, when others are fearful, you got to be greedy. You know, you got to go buy in, you know? And so if Bitcoin collapses, you know, the price goes below 30K, 25K, heck yes, I'm going to take a position in that. Heck yes, I'm going to take a position in that. Don't have FOMO, guys. Don't have FOMO. I've had FOMO before. No emotions. You know, we're, we're out here watching the markets, you know. Be smart. Just be smart. That's what I think. So that's what I think. Also, you know, don't get too too psyched up about this uh, big day on the S&P 500. You know, I think it's mostly based on stimulus. You know, people probably saw that news coming out of the Bank of Australia, too. You know, in the, so they're probably pricing in, you know, the Fed maybe doing some more QE. And, you know, if they do, the Fed does more QE, the market's going to go off to the races. You know, we know, we know the market loves QE. We love cheap money. We're freaking addicted to it here in America. Peter Schiff said that first, not me. And, uh yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much today's today's news. Be uh be out, be wary, be looking for the Fed doing out some, you know, quantitative easing. Be watching the markets, you know, gold getting destroyed every day. Not even worried about it. Just buy more. I'm gonna buy more. You don't buy more because I'm not recommending anything to you guys. Uh, yeah. Well, as always, I'm having a great time doing this. Uh, if you have any like questions or you know critiques you want to come on the show let me know i literally would love to have you sometimes like i it, i just feel whack talking into a microphone for like 30 minutes it would definitely be nice to have a constructive conversation but uh thank you for listening have a good one see you tomorrow